fellas, don't drink that coffee. about this episode you're quitting the podcast this is hands down yeah my least favorite episode of all of twin peaks okay i i've never like looked on my phone more during a tv show yeah than this episode see i thought i I thought i thought you were starting to get into this like in the lull of the second season i thought this was like gonna become your your wheelhouse but no ah uh, this one just until the end until the end it's okay so something about this episode it's very like i guess you wouldn't say tie be bottom heavy like it all kind of bottlenecks to the end like the first half of it's just so much setup and then the end they pack in so much but yeah. it could have it could have done with a more even hand across the board oh. so oh well, do you just want to skip it? <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening to Edition the Percolator. Can we do that? We have nothing to say. Oh, no, no, God. no. No, you know, I've had the, I've kind of had a epiphany. Um, oh. In reg- well, okay. So when we started this podcast, I was, I didn't really think a lot of like what it really was going to be other than just the premises. You and me watch the show. I'm trying to make, basically convert you into becoming a fan. And, uh, we're not the first people that have done this. There are many Twin Peaks podcasts, episodic podcasts that exist. One thing I realized lately is the thing that it has become is oh, I feel like we're making some of the harder parts to deal with maybe a little bit more enjoyable. Like that's <laughs> our niche. You know what I mean? Like maybe that's what our podcast was supposed to be is like getting you through some of the crap. Because I don't have, uh-huh. I really don't have like original ideas on the mythology and all of the really serious stuff. I'm just telling mm-hmm. you all now. Um, but maybe you and I can make some more jokes about James and Evelyn, and we can all get through this, you know, together. <sighs> God. So what I sure, need you to man. do, I need you to bear down. I need mm-hmm. you to put your hat on. I need you mm-hmm. to focus. Okay. And I need you to dish the percolator. Bring it. Okay. Um, this is uh, after that really great uh, introduction where I'm sure you're all really excited to talk and listen to this podcast. This is episode 13 <laughs> of the second season of Twin Peaks called Checkmate, um, which first off, no, it's not. It's not Checkmate, right? Yeah. Oh, why does, oh yeah, because the chess like, game. The chess match, but th- there's, th- that wasn't, that's not what Checkmate is, Right. Okay, what let's move on. Let's move on. <laughs> it, no, you, no, I, you would assume that in checkmate that that means the chess game is over. Yeah, the chess I'm with game you. Is, chess game is not over. Okay. 
Alright, that was painful. This one has a weird intro. So, um, at the end of the last episode, Major Briggs is back, right? Yes, he comes Dusty, back in his Waldo Pepper outfit. You watched this episode. I'm just making sure. Yeah, I did. Okay, all right. Um, this intro has always struck me as strange. Let's get into actually who is responsible for this one. This was written by Harley Payton, who's the uh, producer on this show and one of the head writers, and directed by Todd Holland, who has directed other episodes. Um, I, I have always had a hard time with this intro because it feels like I just don't get it. I don't get what they're trying to do. So he's, it starts with the stars, and then there's that triangle symbol that kind of rotates into full frame, and then flames. And then it's Major Briggs. He's like sitting on a throne surrounded by vines. It's felt like um, a Batman transition. It's really weird. It yeah. doesn't fit to me with the rest of the show. And he starts talking about how he's he, he's talking about that night. So he's stepping from the flames and he saw a vague shape in the dark. The flames, which was the campfire. Um, mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden he's just back. He remembers the, the cold remains of their campfire. Um, so it's like you know, the two days passed and he doesn't know what happened at all. Um, and he talks about how the one thing he does remember is a giant owl, um, which we, we did see Cooper sees the owl, but I don't remember it being giant, right? It was like a normal size owl, right? Wasn't it? I believe so. Yeah. I mean, I don't, yeah, but I remember the owl specifics. Okay. Um, but he's got a marking on his neck. It's that, that symbol that they showed on the screen that rotated. Um, <clears throat> Which looks like, like a, a radioactive symbol. It does. Like what was on yeah. Doc Brown's jumpsuit in Back to the Future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Libyans. The um, Libyans. Maybe that's who the owls are. It's possible. Um, so they're starting to talk to him. So he's, this, he's in this, this, the sheriff's station, right? So whatever that... Whatever that was supposed to be, I guess, is him maybe having some kind of subconscious memory of where he was. Um, but he's they're asking him questions about it, and he says, you know what, this is classified. I've told myself over and over again, but it's starting to – what does he say? He says, um, he says, keeping of secrets seems less meaningful to me now. Um, and he's kind of losing it, right? He's – He's speaking of information of such weight, and then he starts just kind of talking out of turn, saying, is this meant for the soul, my soul? Uh, he's a little kooky, right? Mm -hmm. And then he mentions Project Blue Book, uh, which he says has officially disbanded, but those of us carry on in an unofficial capacity and that they're searching for the White Lodge. And just when he's about to spill the beans and get to the good stuff, um, the Air Force arrive and swoop him off. Yeah. Well, like, Project nope, Blue Book also the, has the best deals on cars. If you want to find out the right price for your car, it's Project Blue Book. The writers were like, you know what? We could give the people what they want, but let's cut to some more Ernie Niles. So, um, Coop, they, Coop, after he leaves, uh, he goes willingly with the Air Force. And uh, Coop's looking at that Polaroid of his, of his neck. Um and he's looking up at the fire sprinklers, and the fires, there's, fire sprinklers are leaking. Mm -hmm. And that's, they, just, they just fixed these. We just dealt with this a couple episodes ago. Uh, they need a new fire sprinkler guy. They definitely do. I have one. 
Um, <coughs> sorry. Bless you. That's okay. Uh, so, Ernie, let's get Ernie, Ernie Niles, because we don't want to hear don't about. I don't mind Ernie Niles. Oh, I think he's my least favorite character in the show. I've decided after this episode. What? Even even worse than uh, the guy with the the diary. Who's the guy with the diary? Oh yeah, the guy I think maybe because he had a point in all of this. Like Ernie Niles. Is... Oh, he did. <laughs> <laughs> I, it feels like well, they killed him off as quick as they could. <laughs> They, it was like his place was for Laura to leave in the diary, and that just was kind of something interesting, at least. Like, Ernie Niles was introduced to us through Norma's mother, who's like left five episodes ago. Like, you know, I feel like they could have just had Hank be the guy who makes the deal. You know, like they could have caught Hank doing something and forced him to be the one who had to make the deal, and it would have been more interesting. And I don't know. Every time I see Ernie Niles, I just want him. I just want him to be Richard Kind. Yes, yes. That's all I want. It would be so speaking, much better. Speaking of Pixar, yeah, um, exactly. Which we were before this podcast started. Um, oh, yeah. Tweet it. Tweet us your favorite Pixar movie. Yeah, I what's your? Dallas, what do you think is the best Pixar movie? Dallas and I both think it's Wally. And what do you think is the best Richard Kind movie? <laughs> that would be a serious man. I was just about to say that. <laughs> He's amazing and a serious man. This is, this is why you're my best friend. <laughs> um, so the the whole it's like uh, some of this stuff because you're right. This episode's pretty awful. The point of this is they're they're wiring him up. They're going over how the buy is going to go down. Ernie's gun shy and he's talking a lot of trash and he's you know and then he's saying I can do this. I can't do this. Blah blah blah. Let's get let's move on. Um, and it's like, oh, if it couldn't get any worse. So it's Andy shows up and Dick is a trench coat and a hat. Dear God, yeah. Why? We, can we skip this part? Yes, we can. I'm okay. totally fine with that. The, I'll just they're, what they're trying to do is find Nikki's records because that's what we all need is more Nikki backstory. Hate, um, hate it, hate it so much. Yeah, yeah. Coop uh, has Lucy scanning the papers for chess moves. That is important. That is important. Um, my wife is home. I just want to let her know that I love her. Oh, okay. that's nice. Um, so, at the double R, um, I wrote Hank with a... Why did I write Hank? Oh, I meant Ed. Ed is there. Ed. Yeah. I'm lo- I'm lo- you see, this, me- this episode is doing a number on me. Um, Ed is there, and Norma pours Ed some coffee, and they're very friendly. He passes her a note, says we need to talk, and it feels good. You really, you're. We've been rooting for these two for quite a, a long time now, um, but there's a really weird transition to the Johnson residence. Like they didn't. It feels like the scene was supposed to go longer, because this show doesn't normally do like fades. You know, yeah. like the scene ends and then you're in the next scene. But there's two of them in this one where you feel like they just had to cut it for time and so instead of the scene ending there's a fade and we're at the johnson residence and i couldn't find any info on that if like there were deleted scenes or whatever it just it's out of place because it doesn't happen in the show ever yeah it felt like a screen wipe or something it was it was very screen screen wipey Ooh, screen wipe (laughs) (laughs) sorry um sorry at the johnson residence leo is getting fed and he's spitting food. 
And uh, Shelly says something about how it's like your turn to feed the Leo, um, <laughs> which was the original name for this podcast, by the way. Feed the Leo? Your, t- your turn to feed the Leo. <laughs> the, actual, the original name for this podcast was Dallas Does Donuts. <laughs> Do you know, I pitched a show to uh, PBS called Dallas Does It. And, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And they were making it, but they... Um, but they made me change the title. To Dish in the Percolator? Yep. Yeah. It's a good name. Yeah, we're, I'm, there's a camera on me right now. Is there not a camera on you? Ah, <laughs> oh, shit. I got to call somebody. <laughs> <laughs> um, so sh- the, the honeymoon is over for Bobby and Shelly. And um, Leo. Bobby convinced Shelly to keep Leo so they could get the money, and then they didn't get the money. And Bobby is like, I'm 17. What are you going to do? And Shelly has realized that she's in a pretty lame position. So she's upset. Bobby doesn't want to help out. She slaps Bobby. Why are mommy and daddy fighting? Leo is drooling. Um, I wish Leo would wake up. Leon's getting larger. (laughs) I wrote that I wish he'd wake up and kill them both and then accidentally (laughs) also kill Dick Tremaine. Um, like, could he do another mill fire again? Where like they're all suddenly just how I don't know how they all ended up in the mill, but they're all it's all on fire and it's the magic bullet. Yeah, but back into the left, right into Dick Tremaine. <laughs> um, gee, okay, this is this we're not going to skip over because this is fantastic. James calls Ed, right, and he says. I need you to get all of the money out of my savings account. And to which Ed replies, well, there's only $12. And he says, well, whatever's left, send it to Wally's. Like, what the F? Okay. (laughs) I have so many questions. So Ed just knows, first off, the $12 is the craziest thing. Like, I know you're in high school, but like, why did you have a savings account to begin with? If you have $12 in it, right? Like what I don't think you could. Plot? I don't think you could. Why? I don't think you could open up a bank account with less than like fifty bucks, right? Isn't that how no, it works? No, yeah, it's actually five dollars. <laughs> Is it five dollars? Yeah, I know this because when I opened up my first account when I was like, you know, fourteen or something like that. Yeah, you had to have five dollars in the account. Okay, okay, so maybe that's plausible, and he's only like put seven more on it. But how does Ed know that off the top of his head? And then, like, what is the point of him sending the $12? Like, what are you going to do? Like, after, so after the stamp to get it to Wally's, it's like 11 bucks and change. Like, what are you going to do? Um, well, maybe he's going to give it to Evelyn and they're going to run, run away. <laughs> so Evelyn overhears this in prize and she's, like, asking him about other women. But, like, not about what he's going to do with the $11. Well, 12. Now, you don't know. Ed might spring for the postage himself. <laughs> I find this fascinating. Um, it's a weird thing, but it's, it's, it's very James. So, he talks to her about Laura. Now, what do you think he's going to spend that $12 on? <laughs> I'm really hoping it's, it goes towards him publishing that book of biker poetry that really... <laughs> my, life, my life used to make sense. I felt like it belonged to me. I wanted mm. to go as far as from Twin Peaks as the bike will take me. Me and my $11. <laughs> 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 uh, 
I only got like 10 miles because that's how many gallons of gas $11 bought me. It doesn't make sense. Evelyn. (laughs) Evelyn. Do you have change for a 10? I I got a 10 and a 1. Do you have change for a 10? Evelyn, seriously. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have five ones? Oh, man. Evelyn is wearing shades. Um, Because she's cool. Not because her future is so bright, but because her husband (laughs) walloped on her again. Um, He's probably looking for $12. He probably is. Um, Yeah, if I were James, I'd be asking for like to get paid for fixing that car. Yeah, it does seem that he's been doing a lot of work around that property. <laughs> and it also seems like he could use the money. Yeah, I just, I'm just confused as to why he's there and no one has said, you're hired? Yeah. Like, has anyone said those words to him? Like, you're hired, you have a job here. Yeah, not really. Well, okay. Well, I think they're. I think unfortunately we have to go back to these two. So she says Jeffrey's leaving, and I need your help. That's where that scene ends. Um, back at the Double R Diner, uh, Mike is trying to have coffee before school, and Nadine shows up, and she's sweet on your Mike. I'm gonna call him your Mike because you 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 really like Mike. Uh I do like Mike, and I actually like him more and more. So he's being kind of mean to her, which is like, you know, I mean, come on. You know that she just, like, she's not, you know she's not okay. Like, you could try to humor her, you know, or just be like, hey, I got to go. But I get it. She's not really taking no for an answer. Yeah, you can't really humor her. He saw uh, her. He he wrestled her. Yeah. So she kisses him, and then she <clears> kind of <throat> apologizes and says that she can't help herself sometimes. And I just like I'm just you got to run, snake, run. <laughs> um, Norma heads out, and uh, I think we know it's to meet Ed, but Hank, Hank is a little suspicious. So um, I feel like Hank's really gotten his. Uh... I feel like they haven't figured out Hank yet. I know. Hank seems to be everywhere at once too, right? Like he's always at the diner, but then he's always like planning something, some evil scheme. Yeah. He's always at the diner being jealous or he's trafficking drugs. Like, yeah. All like at, at all times. Yeah. 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 Like it his, t- yeah. his timeline is like sketchier than Laura Palmer's where they're like, she did this and this and this and this. And you're like, how, how did she do any of that? She was in high school. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Um, at the Martell residence, Hank has come. Oh, Hank. Why do I keep writing Hank? I, had I don't Hank, know. I had Hank on the brain. Harry. Harry Hank comes brain. Harry comes to see Josie, and she's um, making lunch or something. And he's he's very confused. He wants to take care of her. But she says, I'm safe here, and when I'm here, you're safe too. Um, why doesn't Josie run again? Well, I thought about this, and I think it's because she knows her character is terrible, and maybe she's just waiting to see what this plot line does. Because, like, she could escape from that super, like, stealthy Mr. Lee guy, but not Catherine. I'm thinking spinoff Josie's Place, 
It's a small bed and breakfast, but Josie takes care of that in the staff. Oh, man. How did you know that happens? <laughs> it's actually, it was, it was just a book. It was a spinoff book. Oh, it's, a spin-off. it's part of Twin Peaks, Twin Peaks canon. <laughs> it is. It is. It's a graphic oh, novel. It's a graphic I novel. I really would. I really want that to be true. Um, back at the, uh, yeah, I, this is a, it's all dumb, but it's probably just good for someone's plot, I guess. Um, back at the great Northern, uh, yeah, this episode's pretty rough, man. Audrey encounters, uh, I think this is his secretary, Lucille. She's running away. She's got a bottle of ketchup, a drum, some drumsticks and papers, and she's pretty upset. Um, Ben is in full-on Civil War reenactment mode, and uh, Audrey is concerned. She calls Brother Jerry because uh, Ben's not Ben's not really happening right now. <laughs> Sorry, man. <laughs> Ben's not really happening right now. <laughs> yeah, and and neither is the show. Um, so Norma goes to Hank. Why do I keep writing Hank? I apologize, a, everyone. The, these are my like I watch the show and I take notes, and I wrote Hank for like every fourth word. Apparently, this is how boring this episode was. I, I have not had any issues like this, and it's really bad. Norma goes to Ed's. Of course, she goes to Ed's. If she went to Hank's, she'd go to her own house, and Hank would be there. Hey, I'm not jealous anymore. Although I trust you. You we've came never, home. We've never seen the Jennings residence. I don't think. Well, I think it's the double R. It could be. Um, so she goes to Ed. She tells him she's, you know, he's the last thing she thinks about, blah, blah, blah. Just Would you guys just kiss? Just kiss her, you big lug. Give us, <laughs> give us well-punished viewers, like, something to care about in this episode. On top of old Smokey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So far, they do. Great. We can check off a win for the viewer. Yeah. Finally. Yeah, storyline I actually cared about, kind of. Kind of. Uh, yep. Back at the sheriff's station, they are wiring up Ernie, um, going over the plan. I guess they weren't doing that earlier. Uh, Ernie's sweating profusely. Uh, I'm sure this is going to come into play later. Uh, Coop is sad. He can't be there. This is kind of cool, though. Harry Harry just like says, I've been thinking about that. Harry deputizes him um, so Cooper can be involved, which, thank God, we need yeah. you. We need you, Colin McLaughlin. Um, Ernie has cold feet, and uh, then we see uh, Denise becomes Dennis. So this is uh, Duchovny comes in as his former self to kind of be undercover. Just rolling it. Yeah. Um, Dick and Andy at the orphanage, and I wrote down, "I'm doing addition first. I'm skipping this," um, because it's it's just dumb. They go, they go to the orphanage to steal records, and another family comes in. And anyway, I don't care. Yeah, I agree. I don't care, and, and I don't have to talk about it. So back at the at the Hurley residence, um, I got that right. Donna shows up. Oh, Donna shows up. She that says, was the original title to a Buddy Holly song. <laughs> she says, I need your help. And I wrote, let me guess with what, or should I say whom? I've been looking for James, no shit. Um, Ed gives up James, gives her the money to take to James. 
So we know now that those two are going to be reunited. Yay! Thank God. Thank God. Because I will take, actually, in all seriousness, I will take Donna and James over James and Evelyn. Yeah. Every time. Um, but look out, because that means a whole bunch of people are going to die. Um, <laughs> so then we see, when she leaves, we see that Ed and Norma had, you know, got it on. We presume it was ABC in the early 90s, so they couldn't show anything. But um, just when we're feeling all warm and fuzzy about this, Hank was there the whole time. So you were right. Dang it. I kept writing You're Hank because right. I knew he was going to show up. Well, he's always there. And right before he kills Ed, <laughs> Nadine shows up and she womps on him. Yeah, she really does. Which is really fun. But then she, I feel bad. She throws him through that like little built-in with all of her little knickknacks and she breaks all of them. I'm sure one or two survived. She doesn't care though. I mean, like, you know what I mean? Those are, those were old Nadine's. Could really use the pre-snake. Pre-snake. <laughs> yeah. Um, Could really use that $12 now. So they're going to need that 11 Play and some change. Uh, knickknacks. Yeah. So back at the great Northern Ben is giving Bobby a history lesson. This whole plot, I feel like, probably sounded better on paper, you know? <laughs> like, it doesn't it? Like, if, if you're like, oh, we're going to have him lose his mind and he's going to reenact the Civil War, you're like, hey, that sounds fun. But then you watch it and you're like, it's just tiresome. Like, the only thing that's kind of enjoyable is I like watching Richard Beamer act. Like, he's great, but it's just too much for anyone to have to do. Um and Bobby's trying to deal with it, as are we all. Um, and so Bobby leaves, and he and Audrey discuss Ben's problems. <sighs> and then Catherine shows up, and like, what is she wearing? She looks like the hotel. <laughs> like, like, I don't get it. She's come to gloat, but as soon as she's there, she realizes she still wants herself some bed, and she says a line like, you make my body hum. Uh, and kiss me generally. This is pretty horrible, man. No, it's good stuff. <laughs> this is the worst episode. I'm telling you, it's the worst. It's so bad. Now that like, I'm like, I'm on board. I was on board with all these little side stories and all the fun characters. I was like, oh, this is going great. And then this episode just like, and I could see it coming with like the Waldo Pepper stuff at the end of. Uh, at the end of uh, the uh, last episode. I don't know, man. The Major Briggs stuff to me stands out as like the least interesting. No, it's know? not that it's not that what he's talking about and that whole storyline is not interesting. It's just that it was like a weird, wacky thing that they had happen. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, no, I don't know. I'm just questioning how wacky this is going to get. And it got real wacky this episode. Yeah. Because we're not even at the wackiest part yet. Yeah. There's another weird, has another transition like before. So again, I'm not sure if they wrote more than they could film for this or they could edit, you know, to make it the time of the show. I feel like for this episode, they had to stretch. I don't know why they'd be yeah, editing it. I don't know. Um, so they transitioned back to James and Evelyn. They're toasting to handsome strangers and rebuilt engines. Oh, God. Um, also another name for this podcast. Yeah. 
She says, you have a wonderfully honest face, James. Um, she doesn't want to believe. Thank you. She, she says, I can think Do you have of five ones. I could think of a hundred reasons for you to stay. And I wrote, I could think of one reason for him to leave, like maybe the Nielsen ratings. <laughs> um, and then they start to do it on the car and like out in the open. And who's watching but Malcolm, the weirdo from before. Um, Her brother, right? Yes, supposedly. Yeah. Um this there's a weird music cue here. I feel like I, we haven't heard before. That's kind of this strange guitar thing. I just wrote it down because I was really like couldn't deal with anything else that was happening. Mm-hmm. But I want to go back and look and see if that's something that like we haven't heard because I feel like like I've talked about this. But the music cues are basically all recorded, and then you as the director just were like, I want to use this one, this one, this one. So we've heard all of them so many times, so that when you hear one that you haven't heard like at all or not a lot. It sticks out to me. Um, but it's really cool and unsettling as you pan back and realize they're being watched. Um, so at the dead dog farm where they have set up to have the, the buy, um, where Cooper and Harry and, uh, Denise have set up this plan to, uh, to use Ernie to, you know, get, uh, to Jean Renault. Um, they're going over the buy, and Ernie's getting nervous, and he's sweating, and his shirt is smoking, of course. So that's when they realize that Ernie's wired up. Um, so Coop kind of decides he's going to, since he's the one that those guys wanted, that John wanted, he's going to trade himself for, uh, for Ernie and Denise. Uh, or Dennis, excuse me. At this point, it was Dennis. So... Uh, he does, and Hawk calls in the state police. And this is where this episode at least picks up because it's like some actual drama, you know, stuff's happening with characters we care about. Characters welcome. Um, but then, of course, we have to go back to James. So at first, it looks like she killed him. Like he's in bed and he's like, his eyes are closed. No, no, they just had premarital. Um, <laughs> And then Malcolm is there and wait, wait, oh, he's her brother or they're making out. Oh, this has now become the grossest and weirdest thing in the show. Hmm. So either, either it's not a brother or, you know, who cares? I can think of a thousand reasons for you to stay. Like this, the way this episode ends it, you could just, it also could just feel like Malcolm when he walks away could like take off a mask and he's like a dog. <laughs> Yeah. You know, yeah. Like, oh, wait, 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 wait. What if Malcolm is Mr. Tajimura? Right? Like, it's like, here's another twist. Or what if Malcolm's Russ Tamblin? Where the hell is Russ Tamblin? I know. Where is Russ Tamblin? He's been, he was in an episode a few, a few episodes ago. He was ago. in the funeral episode. We need some Jacoby to be the wackiest of the wackies. I am not going to argue with you, my friend. <sighs> no argument here. All right. Um, okay. All right. So back to the dead dog farm. Um, the state police show up. So uh, Jean Renault and then the bad guy from Superman 3 are trying to figure out what they're going to do. <laughs> um, so they want a deal. They want to run. He's asking Cooper, will they let us run? Coop says, no, he should surrender. 
And then he kind of says, okay, but, you know, the question is, do we surrender or do we kill you first? And Cooper says, is my death so important to you? He, and he says, basically, he holds him responsible for his brother's death. Um, but one was Leo and one was Leland. But he goes on to explain, like, you know, before you showed up, quiet people lived a quiet life. Um, but, like, that he's putting all this on Coop. It's like, it was really... It was Laura who died. But the reality is, like, your brothers were mixed up in really bad things. So, yeah. like, how, why you're the fact that you're surprised, you know. Well, anyway. it's red pill, red pill or blue pill. You know yeah, what I mean? sure. No, not at all. But, um, yeah. Uh, to quote the guy, the bad guy Win from. In Rome. To quote the bad guy from Superman, the, the next line he says is, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. Um, <laughs> so. Uh, this kind of bugs me. So, I mean, like, I get it. So, Denise shows up, right? Yeah. Um, like, this is their idea of how they're going to get Coop out. So, he puts the, like, I feel like it's a, a double R outfit on and shows up with food. And, you know, the, the, the one dude with the mustache is, like, rightfully worried you know, but John's like, no, nah, it's fine. Let her in. It's like, this is what they do in Bugs Bunny cartoons. I was just going to say that. It's full on. Like, I, I imagine at the end of this episode that Denise would like wink and they do that little circle fade out. Yeah. Like that, that this is we're supposed to believe that John Renault is like this, like hardened criminal who's like the super bad guy. And he's like, not at all suspicious of this. Like, cool. Yeah. They sent us food. Anyway, uh, it's a little dis- you. it's a little disappointing. Um so uh he's got a gun in his like on his leg and Coop grabs it and uh and shoots uh shoots John. And um with that the Renault brothers are out of business. <laughs> Were you working on that line? Did you write that down? I wrote that down. I I, nice. I I was not like, it's not like something I was excited to say. And with that, the Renault brothers are out of business. <laughs> and so are we. This is our last podcast. Oh, um, man. So, but you feel like this episode could have ended here, right? You know? I mean, I felt like it could have ended literally no, no, five no. minutes in. That, it's like. I feel like this tries to make up for its. This episode try to like tries to cover its tracks, like make up for its sins. So they're sure. like, we're gonna give you another one. So it's the Johnson residence, and like, oh God, no, we've been waiting for this all season, and um, that record player is going on and off and slowing down with the lights, and Shelly is like freaking out because there's you know there's a doll in Leo's bed. No one is in his chair, and there he's standing up with food on his face. It's Leo Johnson back from the dead. Ah! <laughs> this was actually really scary to me. It's very scary. I'm like, I'm it's, not. Yeah, I'm yeah. not like making fun of it. Super we, creepy. We've been waiting for a while. I mean, here's the deal. Like you, you knew this was going to happen, right? You felt like this was coming. Um. Yeah, and I, I was actually pretty impressed with how long they let it 
they let it wait. God, they almost you know? let they almost let Laura's murder go unsolved longer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I just felt like, oh man, like they might take this to like the very end, you know, of the season or something. Uh, so I was kind of impressed with that, but at the same time, yeah, I, I knew it was going to happen at some point. I just didn't know when. Yeah, and uh, uh, it's creepy. Yeah, it's um, creepy. Yeah, man, like. Uh, just tell me it gets a little better than this episode. It gets better than this episode. Okay. Cause like this was the, I was, I was fine. I was doing fine. I was even getting more interested in things, but then yeah, Evelyn, ugh, Dick Tremaine. Dude, ugh. I mean, I, I did tell you, and that is the gripe with the show is that it kind of lost its way in the second season, mostly because you had the like two main guys involved in the mm-hmm. show off doing other things so i think well, at this I, point david lynch is is making wild at heart um mark frost is directing a movie so the creators the people who made this show interesting that made it what it is were mia and the good news is is towards the end um they kind of start making their way back and the great news is uh, as we go towards season three is uh, Frost and Lynch are involved in everything that Lynch directed the whole thing and they wrote it all together. So, well, I've seen Inland Empire. I'm not that excited. I, I get it. I get it. I get uh, it. I you would have, say you still have so much like, it's not as like, we're probably over halfway with watching everything. But there's just still so much for you to digest before you're ready to. You no, know. I know. I, I hope that's my hope. Yeah. Um, this is not. <clears throat> this is not end uh, with Ernie Niles and little little Nikki. I feel like I mean I've said this before, and I honestly feel. Hold on, my wife just came home and she's limping. Why are you limping? I'm hurt my hip getting out of the car at the hospital earlier. Oh. It's still hurt. Really? Oh. Sorry. That's okay. She's doing okay. Feel better, Sam. Sean says feel better. Uh, I honestly feel it's like... It's totally going to work. What? Me asked saying to feel better. She's going to feel better now. Oh, no, no. She already... She's dancing around. That's weird. I know. See, I'm telling you. She just put on a little MIA. <laughs> <laughs> um. No, like I, I mentioned this before, and I feel like it's true. Like th- this is like the early '90s, you know. And I don't mean to be some television his, his, history major. That's not the right thing I'm trying to go for. But like the networks were like in charge. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like the networks yeah. brass, network brass were like, "This is what we want to happen, and this is what's going to happen, or you're all out of a job." Sure. And I honestly feel like at some point along the way. They were like, we want this show. Like, Northern Exposure was on. It was a huge hit. Was and it a I huge sw- hit? It was a huge hit. And I honestly feel like they were like, hey, we want this show to be a little more quirky, like Northern Exposure. Put in some more quirky characters. Like, let's create some more storylines that we can carry on. And and maybe not like Northern Exposure, but like it just, like I said, the, the setting of the shows feel feel familiar. But like, I, I, there's no way there wasn't like network interference with with this stuff. I think I just think the problem with the, with Twin Peaks is that 
the story of Twin Peaks to me is while it is about the town, it's like it's the story of Laura Palmer. Like that's what I'm interested in. Why what happened happened. Um, and while I fell in love with all of the I fell in love with the town and with the kind of auxiliary players, like to me, that central part of the story is what was interesting. And so when you lost that, I it, it, I feel like it's just impossible to make the show as great as it was before because it's like Lynch said, he's like, it's the goose that lays the golden eggs and you're going to kill it, you know? Yeah. And it's true. It's like, then you have to... You have to find eggs from somewhere that are not gold, and here we are. So, uh, well, listen, I, I'm willing to give it. You know, I'm obviously going to give it another shot. We've made it this far. We haven't. Man. We haven't. We still haven't finished this episode. Oh, we haven't. No, because like again, they're like you could have ended with Leo, right? But no. So, while all of these other things have happened. At back of the sheriff station, there was a call. Lucy got a call about a bomb, and there was a huge explosion. There was a fire at the power station. There was one in the building. It was the power transformer. And Coop heads into Harry's office where there is a body uh, taped oh, yeah. or tied to a chair uh, pointing to a chessboard. And uh, we're to assume this is Wyndham Earl's next move. Um so Do we th- know the it, body? We don't. Okay. Because um, I didn't recognize it, but I didn't know if I was missing somebody. No, no. We're going to find out more. But um, I'd, I'd hope. <laughs> that's episode 13. And uh, yeah, it, you know, there's a, I mean, lot they, of, there's a lot of important stuff that happened, but overall, it just doesn't feel well balanced. No. The know? last five minutes. I'm wow. I'm like, okay, cool. Stuff's gonna happen. First five minutes, kind of interested. But yeah, all the middle stuff just felt like at any point it could be like wah, 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 wah. Yeah. like it felt like a Benny Hill episode. Like it was sure. just Ugh. Yeah. So I blame you and I understand. Uh but yeah. I, was, I was eleven, so it was probably my fault. No, listen, people love the show, and I understand. Yeah, but but the thing is, you have to understand is that even the people who love this show still have a lot of problems with this run that we're on. Yeah, so no, you said that, and you know, it's just the it's kind of the given. It's like you either love this show enough that you take all of the warts with it, or it turns you off, like it did most of America in you know ninety or ninety one when this aired, and. I feel like it's definitely like hitting that territory with Friday Night, Friday Night Lights, where it's like if you can make it through season two, <laughs> you're gonna be stoked. You're gonna love season three. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, we just got to get through this. To me, I I love how season two uh, wraps up. So it's all we're headed towards that direction. We got to get there because it's really important. So uh, we we will. <laughs> Yeah, I. Oh yeah, we will. We will. I'm excited about season three. Actually, to tell you the truth, like I, I'm. Uh, the more I watch this show, the more I'm like, man, you know what this show would benefit from? Modern day capability. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for like for me, in the end, season three, the thing I'm most excited about, like, 
I think is the idea. And there's so much to talk about with like season three. Like the fact that it's even happening is like, what really? Like I, every, it, almost every day. Cause I, I'm either working on the show, like editing it or posting it. So I'm involved. I feel like in Twin Peaks all the time, but I just like, can't believe it's happening. It's the strangest thing to me that somehow the stars aligned where we got, we're getting more of the show, you know? And like yeah. the fact that Twin Peaks is, it's like Showtime is airing fire walk with me tonight, like at 8 PM mm-hmm. it's becoming a thing again. And it's so crazy because for so many years it was me and John Lorenz driving around in his car, trying to find, you know, uh, issues of wrapped in plastic, the like fanzine, you know what I mean? Because it was just yeah. such a, this like culty thing. And now it's becoming, uh, you know, in the, in popular culture again, like, it's it's just amazing. Like the New York Times today, like recommended watching Fire Walk with Me, where they totally panned it back when it came out. Yeah. So it's just strange. It's really strange that it's becoming, you know, pop culture again. I don't know. Well, you know, it, it's uh, it's like looking back on the movie Crash. <laughs> <laughs> At the time, oh, sure. Oh man. Uh, at least they got that one right. At least they called it. They they announced it correctly. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my favorite moment. Uh, so, all right, man. Yeah. I'll just say that my wife my wife works for PricewaterhouseCoopers, and it's, uh, it's, it's, there's a lot going on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh. I bet. I bet. Yeah. You cannot be a comfortable home life right now. No. No. It's kind of a bummer. Listen, the hey, good what? news is what the good news is, is it seems like it's totally their fault. It, it probably, I can't talk yeah. about it. I have to direct you to, um, Brandon at PR dot PWC. <laughs> okay. Can you text me that email? Cause yeah. I have some questions. I'll, tw- I'll tweet it. Um, <laughs> I have hey, some questions I want to talk about on my podcast. Dish in I, the park later. I want to thank everyone for still listening to our our little show. It's been. I'm having fun, Dallas. Even, it's been even fun. through, through the, the good times and bad. I'm I'm enjoying myself. So thank you. It's it, it's been fun, and I'll tell you. Um, I, I I more you know, and let's be honest. We get some people that uh, we don't know who listen. We get a lot of people that we do know that listen to the podcast. And I feel like every time I post something, uh, we get more and more people responding to it. So yeah. uh, if people are jumping on and digging it. It's fun to do. It's like a weird, it's a weird idea. I'm not a weird idea. Sorry. It's a weird thing that people do this with tons of television shows. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's fun and I'm glad that people enjoy it. The people who listen to it, I'm glad you listen to it because it's fun to do and it's an experience. I'm watching the show for the first time. So, and you're, afterward, so- and you're sometimes huh? enjoying it. Sometimes I would say it's a nice 40, 60 split. please please follow us on twitter at percolator pod please subscribe to our podcast on itunes yeah yeah do um it. follow dallas at dallas underscore mc follow me at sean t o'donnell you should come see me play shows i'm going on tour in like two weeks Oh yeah. Uh, Santa Ana just sold out. There's a San Diego show that's not sold out. There's an what LA day is show. The San Diego show. San Diego's March 18th. LA March 19th. Uh, let's see. There's 
Um, 20, 21st is in Albuquerque. 22nd is in Tempe, Arizona. Beautiful. So come. If you live in those cities, come see Yellow Card's final tour and see me doing 35 minutes of uh, Twin Peaks covers. <laughs> I'm just going to do I'm just going to do James James's biker music. Hey guys, how do you like this song? In San Diego, I'm going to be there so we could do the opening theme song to the we show. Could. We totally should. What Don't. day what, what day did I say it was? The 18th. Yeah, oh, I mean it's the uh, 15th. So be on stage at 8:30 on the 15th. Okay, just any stage? I'll meet you. <laughs> <laughs> All, every stage. Okay. Well, I'll be like Hank then. I'll just show up everywhere oh, at the same Hank, time. Hank and Ed. Um, thanks, Dallas. All right, buddy. I'll talk to you later. Mmm, yeah. Dig that, Kurtz. Don't let yourself be hurt this time. Don't let yourself be hurt this time. Then I saw your face. Then I saw your smile. The sky is still blue. The clouds come and go. Yet something is different. Are we falling in love? Don't let yourself be hurt this time. Don't let yourself be hurt this time. Then your kiss so soft, then your touch so warm. The stars still shine bright, the mountains still high. Yet something is different. Yes, something is different now. The guitar came in. I feel like I'm floating. Floating above a keyboard and a guitar. A guitar. Are we falling in love? Falling. Falling. Are we falling in love? Mmm. That's the ketchup. I like coffee. Donuts. <laughs> Russ Tamblin. <laughs>